The Coaching You Podcast is presented by Huddle Basketball and Huddle Assist, your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You Podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, presented by Huddle and Huddle Assist. I'll tell you what, today our guest, Paul Biancardi, the national recruiting coordinator for ESPN for those phenomenal high school players, just finished his rankings yesterday, 1 through 100, and he'll tell us who those players are, also give us an outlook of what's happening this summer, since last summer really we couldn't, with the pandemic, couldn't do anything, and what his feelings are for some of the things in the future with Overtime Elite, the NBA G League bringing high school kids, just a real honest insight from someone I think is the foremost expert in high school player evaluation. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Prepare like the pros with the new Fast Draw. Fast Draw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With Fast Draw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. I'm so excited today to have my dear friend, Paul Biancardi, who has been with us several times doing a Coaching You podcast. And Paul is the National Director of High School Recruiting for ESPN and really the voice of their national championship. It sounds good, doesn't it? That that title, I love that. C- congrats, my friend. Welcome. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Brendan. Yes, ESPN, they love titles, right? Oh, yes, we do. In lieu of money, we always say, you know. <laughs> you know yeah. uh, but, hey, what a year you've had to go through, huh, trying to do this. And I know you finished your evaluations yesterday on ranking these kids, you know. What a year it must have been. What a challenge. It really was a challenge. You know, as we all know, the the, the world shut down. I think it was back in March of 2020, trying to think back. And, and from this end, you know, there was very little basketball played until the summer of 2020. And then the events were all live streamed, or some of them were. So it gave us a chance to follow some of the top players on, on live stream situations. Uh, some of them we went to in person, not many. I would say in the last year and a half, I've been out live four or five times max. Uh, so the bulk of the evaluations on live stream. And then, of course, as you know, you're on the phone trying to get intelligence on these kids, trying to get character background checks. Uh, so we did a lot of that and kind of came up with our final ESPN 100 ranking for the class of 2021. I remember we would, you know, you you would have your spring evaluations with the AAU events that we would traditionally have with the uh, recruiting calendar, so to speak, with you know a couple of events in April, May that you were allowed to go to, and then uh, where I would always see you would be at our uh, MBPA Top 100 camp at the University of Virginia every year, and uh, 
was a great event, and uh, I really missed it last year, didn't we? I did. I did. I always see you bouncing around, you know, making coaching the coaches, which yes. I love to watch. I love to watch you coaching the coaches as much as I love to watch the players play. Oh, man, thank you. I do, because I, I see those guys on the sidelines, and they're so so passionate about coaching and, and this, you know, trying to get their feet wet. They're trying to learn uh, the art of, of coaching players. And a lot of those guys are, I think most of them are former players. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and some, in many cases, even some current players, you know, we had Luke Walton in there and now he's a head coach of the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings. And we've had Rondo in there a few times, uh, you know, who has the ability to be a great coach if he, you know, can control his temper a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, he, you know, but he, uh, he, he's got great talent. You know, we've had Jason Terry in there, who's at Arizona this year. And, you know, j- you know, just some really talented guys. And of course, John Lucas's son was there seven years. And then when wow. Tom Thibodeau, your friend and mine, uh, gave him a job with Minnesota years ago. And John Lucas, who is one of the great teachers in the game and, and does so much for young kids, high school kids, and is the director of that camp, uh, the Top 100, I never forget, you know, why we coach Paul and John Lucas called me up on a Sunday night and which was, I've been, he's been a friend for 40 years and, and he called me up on a Sunday night and he started crying and I said, oh my God, something happened to his son or, you know, something in the family, something happened. And he called and he said, Brendan, Tibbs just hired, uh, you know, three, you know, and I said, what, what's that? What are you upset about? I just want to thank you. I said, I mean, I, I fell apart. And, and, but that, that's why we do when we can help young people, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's why we coach and that's why you help evaluate, you know, and I watch you, you know, doing the national championships, which I will, I every year I watch every game and you know, every one of these guys. And by the end of the three days, I know every player. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. And the kids are fabulous. The coaches are incredible coaches. And, you know, Kevin Boyle's been a friend for 30 plus years. And I just can't believe what he's become. I mean, it's just incredible. He's John Wooden of high school basketball almost. He's the next Morgan Wooten, right? <laughs> you know, but tell me about, uh, you know, what what you saw in evaluating this year? Tell me about some of the kids that you really enjoyed watching. Well, I want to start at the top then first. Uh, Chet Holmgren, yeah. he finished as the number one player in the class, and he's very unique, uh, being seven one with a seven five wingspan, but he has true guardlike skills, and he's had those skills uh, from a young age. You know, he was mentored and coached when he was younger by Larry Suggs the father of Jalen Suggs oh and Jalen Suggs and, and Chet Holmgren, you know, they're boys, they're tight. They played high school ball together. They played AAU ball together for, I think, team sizzle. And so Chet, you know, always long and skinny, couldn't go inside and bang. So he developed his footwork, his outside shot and his handle because Larry Suggs, you know, made him do those things. And, you know, then all of a sudden he grew, he sprouted, you know, now he's seven one with those guard skills, tremendous shot blocker. He has shot blocking range uh, equivalent to or better than Anthony Davis uh, when it comes to blocking shots. Now, he's still thin, so he's got to put on a lot of weight 
He's got to get more balance, especially as he gets closer to the basket. But the instincts, the skills, and the physical measurables are, are really off the charts. And uh, so he's the number one player. He finished number one. He's going to play for Mark Few at Gonzaga. It's a really good class at the top. You know, sometimes you're strong at the top. Sometimes you're not. Uh, Duke got a tremendous player in Paolo Bencaro from the West Coast from Seattle. This guy's a power forward with high-level skill. You know, Brendan, a lot of these guys, the bigs, they've really worked on their skills since they were in, I guess, middle school or high school because the trend of the game is to play, you know, as people would say, positionless, five out. Yep. A lot of pick and roll, and I love your videotape, by the way, of the pick and roll uh, when that first came out. That was awesome that you did. Every coach should watch that pick and roll tape that you did. And uh, we got a lot of bigs that have good skill. The problem I see with, with kids today, uh, just getting off on a tangent a little bit, it's okay. because everybody wants to be something. Like they want to be a point guard, or they want to be a small ball center, or they want to be a two guard. And you coach in the NBA, your front office NBA, high-level college, and I've done this at college for a long time in, in the high school. And I talk to more NBA people now than I ever have, and the NBA people say, just be great at something. Don't worry about your position. And I think too many kids get caught up into what position they're going to play versus being concerned or intentional about being a really good player. But we, we got a really good class. And the number one point guard coming in, He's going to play for Rick Barnes at Tennessee. Uh, so I'm excited about this class. It, it gives college basketball a, a great influx of talent. You know, when uh, when you when you had to evaluate mostly by, you know, film or really almost like TV, you know, watching these kids are on, uh, I guess most of the tournaments were being live streamed, right? Uh, the, yes. You know. Yep. How hard is that to evaluate? Because you have always been an in-person evaluator, uh, which is hard to do because there's so many courts going at an event, but you get to see the kids. You can see exactly how tall they are. You can see how fast they are when you're up next close to them. How is it to do, and it's this is not ESPN phenomenal production. This is like live stream Zoom, you know. So how hard was that to do, Paul? Well, it was hard to evaluate completely in terms of trying to get all your your box is checked. Yeah. You really can't evaluate athleticism and measurables on tape. I mean, you can watch a game, you can watch a kid uh, multiple times, and it doesn't tell you how well he really moves, how high he jumps, how quick he reacts, his anticipation skills. Um, so you don't really see athleticism, but you can see skill level. You can see a basketball IQ because you can see the flow of a game, the flow of a possession. Um, if the camera's working, right? If the camera goes down the other end with the ball, then you can see, you know, somebody cutting, coming off a screen, you know, no shot available, but maybe they hit the slip guy or the cutter. So if you get a good camera angle, you can get the IQ. You certainly can see the skill. You, you can see what's going on before the play, obviously during the play and after the play. You don't get a sense of the competition either. And you don't get a sense of the atmosphere. Uh, uh, obviously during COVID there was no atmosphere in the gym. So guys had to create their own energy and intensity level. Uh, and a lot of guys, quite frankly, were out of condition, which is to be expected. So there were a lot of things you could get, but there were a lot of things that you still couldn't get your hands wrapped around. And then the intangibles, 
you know, the, the coachability, what type of teammate is he? Has he paying attention in the huddles? How does he look at his coach? I, I, I study all those little nuances sure. and uh, how he communicates with his teammates on the court. Is he vocal? You, you can't get any sound really from the game to see if somebody's vocal. Uh, interaction with officials. So there's a lot of things you don't get from being live, and uh, but there was enough events to get evaluations. Paul, that's, uh, let's take a quick time out, and I come back. I want to I want to talk about uh, some of the things that I think were really unique to this season, and let's we're also going to talk about what we're going to see in the future this summer. We'll be back after this quick timeout. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like like lineup data, VPS, and of course effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's H-U-D-L dot com slash assist to learn more. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. You know, Paul, as we're going into spring of 21 here, what is the, what's the schedule now for what they're allowing kids to do? Is there AAU this spring for kids or not? Yes, the AAU events have been going on since the end of the high school season. Most high school seasons are over. Uh, the West Coast actually are playing their high school season now, but there, there are events every week. Oh, okay. And then the colleges I heard now, June 1, they're going to let them start evaluating? Uh, June 1, you can start back in the normal recruiting process. Yeah, so what do you think this summer is going to look like uh, for for the colleges and the kids? Because I know this is something that the poor kids really missed, that feeling of being evaluated and losing opportunities, really, because people weren't seeing them in person. What will the summer look like as far as events? Uh, is Peach Jam and those events going on going to come on this year? 
Yes, well, they're putting those events together right now. Once the NCAA uh, said that June 1st was going to be a normal recruiting period, uh, the events will start to pop up. There's been a lot of regional events. Uh, there hasn't been very na- very much national events, and I think we'll see them in July because July will be the main evaluation period. There's also two evaluation periods in June, Brendan, uh, the last two weekends in June, where they allow the high schools to run team camps, and the coaches can go in for a weekend uh, to a team camp situation so they can see the kids with their high school coaches. Also, June 1st, you know, you can start official visits again. You get that FaceTime, that interaction. We talked about scouting live. We get that live interaction between coaches and players uh, for official visits as kids still trying to make decisions in the class of 2021. Unofficial visits, try to get the young kids up on your campus. And if I'm a college coach, I'm holding my elite camp uh, in June so I can get a look at the best players and get a chance to coach them in my gym. You know, the class of 2021 has been so under-evaluated. There's so many good prospects still out there. And because of COVID, seniors are allowed to come back to college basketball, which is great. Uh, But it causes a logjam with the fact that the new NCAA proposal with the one-time transfer and play right away, the high school senior is not getting the opportunities that they've gotten in the past. So I think we're going to see a lot of recruiting June, July, and August still for the class of 2021 is that they start school in September. That's a great point. You know, and I know a lot of people were saying that the 21 class is the forgotten class uh, because of that. And, uh, you know, many, many schools, if you look on their colleges, when I say schools, you know, and you say, how many freshmen did they sign? It's one and two, you know, right. Uh, Some, even none, you know, they're, they're saying we're portal all the way, you know, uh, and that really hurts yeah. those young kids. Really hurts them. Yeah, I think recruiting now is going to be like the NBA draft. The guys are going to recruit for upside, and the portal is going to be, you know, the trade deadline. You're going to trade for need, and you're going to recruit for upside. And that's the way I see it going in the future. You know, and I think the other thing is we none of us know what the portal is going to look like, uh, the results of it, I mean. Uh, but I think it's a game changer for college basketball and not necessarily for the better, unfortunately. Your thoughts? Yeah, that, yeah, that's yet to be determined. I mean, right now, I, I will tell you, it's absolutely chaotic because you can go from any coach that you and I know in America and they're confused. They don't know what direction to go in. Right. They don't even know who to take. Uh, now, they know these guys that have played in college that are transfers because they either recruited them out of high school they played against them or people on their staff know who they are well enough to take them as a transfer. Don't forget these guys that are transferring uh, to other schools, they're doing this over zoom. There's no official visits on the transfer. You, you remember a guy transfers, he takes a few official visits, tries to figure out where he's going to go. Now they put their name in the portal. They do a bunch of zooms and then they decide where to go. It's like speed dating for recruiting. (laughs) And um, I I hope there's not more mistakes made because of it, because nothing takes the place of the old fashioned FaceTime where you're in a room with somebody, you're asking questions, you're answering questions, you're breaking bread with people, you're touring a campus, you're talking to people on campus. uh, And that's sorely missed in the process. That will come back. Um, But right now, this is the position we're in. I think in about two to four years, Brendan, I think it will smooth out. 
I love that the uh, proposal was put in or the actual rule was put in to have a, a an end date that you can put your name in the portal. To me, that was so important because we could have guys going all the way through June, July, and August putting their name in the portal, maybe at LSU, and then transferring to Auburn. That's not good for college basketball. No, it's not. No, I agree with you. The great, uh, you know, Kevin Eastman used to say that uh, you can't really coach a player until you have a relationship with them. And I think it's really a valid point. You know, just because I know basketball, you know basketball, we've coached a ton of games and stuff and coached a lot of players doesn't mean I can coach you. And so you don't know if you have, you're not going to develop a relationship over Zoom with anyone. You know, you might have fun on a one-hour call or a couple of calls, but you're not going to develop a relationship. And all of a sudden, kids get there and they're, now with one transfer, they're stuck now. They're stuck there. And they might have said, you know what, it was better at the other place, you know. <laughs> I think we're going to see and, some and of that, that regret. That's why college coaches want the transfer, because now they know that when they have the transfer, they can't leave. But they can leave, but they have to sit out. If you take the good high school player, develop him, you pour into him, you develop that real relationship. Right. And then maybe in a year or two, they leave you. And that's okay. That That's part of this process, but that's what coaches are fearful uh, getting a high school player that becomes maybe better than their level. The low and mids are very scared. And and you look at the Power Five conferences. There's been some really good players, not guys at the end of the bench, but really good players uh, put their name in the portal. Hey, Paul, you were a really, really good uh, college coach for many, many years at great programs, you know, at BC and Ohio State and worked for the, the you know, dear, dear friend of us, uh, you know, and the great Rick Majerus. Uh, you know, so you know basketball inside out, and you know how to teach and coach. So what would you say of these, you know, I, I, don't, I hate when people say, well, when I was coaching or when, when basketball, <laughs> oh, the NBA was really good, boy, when those bad boys were playing in A's, and I, oh, basketball is <laughs> terrible now. You know, I, I, I hate that. You know, uh, I, I look at everything kind of gets better. The, kid, the players are more talented now than when they were you know, back then and stuff. Sure, style of play, all that, doesn't matter. But if you had a, a, you know, a magic wand and say, what would you do to high school players to help them become better? What would be some of your ideas to make the player better from a coaching standpoint? Well, that's that's a great question. And um, I think about a lot of things often, and you're right, we can't dwell too much in the past. Uh, basketball has even changed, right? The game itself, sure. but when I think of today's player, you know, my message to them to try to filter out everything that's going on in the world and, and everything that's going on within basketball is to try to just br break it down to its core. And, and one of the things I said uh, years back, actually, I was working the Nike Skills Academy with Kevin Eastman. Yep. We both know so fabulous as a teacher and a person. And, you know, I said to today's player, he let me talk to the group and I said, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone, but you do have to improve yourself. And I said that because every kid is trying to show that they're better than the kid next to them versus trying to improve their own game. And then with social media and yes, player rankings, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go on that maybe people don't like, or people, um, you know, get overly obsessed with, but you have to embrace them accept them and, and learn how to deal with them. 
And so I, I was trying to tell today's player, the key is improving yourself on a daily basis, you know, that best version of yourself, which is so true, and then help your team win. And But every kid that I've spoken with always thinks about how many points can I score? What position can I play? And they get caught up in things that really don't matter because if you don't improve, you're not going to impress anyone. And if you don't improve, you're not going to get to the level that you want to get to. So I try to break that down. And the other thing I tell today's player is don't play the comparison game. You know, it's one game you'll never win. You're going to be better than somebody. Somebody's going to be better than you. And it's a complete recipe for unhappiness. And that holds true for today's player and I think any person in the world. And I think it's such an impressionable stage. Uh, there's so much to compare to. And it's hard to keep that focus. Uh, but that, that's two of the main things that I tell kids all the time because – Brendan, it's really their mindset more than anything. They they get pulled by social media. They get pulled by the Internet, and, and they lose their focus very quickly. And they're so consumed with the future uh, that they forget about right now. After this quick timeout, we're going to come back with Paul. We're going to talk about the effects, possibly, Paul, of the overtime elite, what's going on there, and also what we saw as I shouldn't even say this. I might get my pension cut off by the NBA, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I got a lot of it already. But, you know, the uh, the G League, I don't even want to call it an experiment because that would be kind. Uh, so let's take a timeout. We'll come back and discuss that. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class. It can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. 
If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Back with great ESPN analyst, superstar for evaluations for the high school player, Paul Biancardi. Paul, overtime elite came on the scene about a week or two ago our friend kevin ollie's the one of one of or you know i don't know i i, I is he the coach or we're going to have many coaches uh what do you know about it what have you heard about it well i've, I've read about it like you have yeah. and i've talked to some people that uh are not in it but close to it and they're trying to offer an alternative for kids uh, that don't want to be in traditional high schools for the talented player um, it, it's almost a, a clone of the G League, but for high school players, um, a limited amount of high school players, they're talking about 30, maybe 40 kids, okay. uh, br- bringing them to one part of the country, you know, provide some housing, apartments. Uh, they would take their school classes online, and then they would be coached. Uh, they would be taught by, you know, former NBA players or former college coaches a former NBA coaches as well. And to try to get those guys that really want to try to take the next step in basketball, but do not want a traditional high school situation. Uh, There's a lot of questions to this, uh, but they, you know, from what I've read is that, you know, they want to really supply today's player with not just coaching and training, but rest and recovery methods. Uh, They're going to hire a nutritionist, you know, they're going to have every kind of piece covered for today's player, whether it's on the court, in the classroom, they're supposedly going to pay up to, you know, $100,000. Don't hold me to that figure, but an amount to, to pay for college for the guys that, you know, want to finish their degree. There's pros and cons to it, uh, like everything else. I don't know if there's that many good players to pay, and the, and the salary is supposed to be $100,000 per player. Uh, I don't know if that's skilled or not, but it was it was it was written as a hundred thousand dollars per player so if you get 30 players yeah, that's three million dollars right there right well, i didn't go to that, i didn't go to salem state i didn't go to salem state but montclair state let's see <laughs> let me get both of my finger, hands working there yeah that's a lot of money man yeah. wow how about and, that? and so yeah so they're, they're, they're investing a lot of money i don't know how the money gets returned um but it's a pathway uh, for, for athletes to try something different and do something different. Uh, my, my first response to it is I, I think it's great for today's player to have options. It really is just like the G league is an option for kids, um, you know, coming out of high school that don't want to go to college. We see two or three guys, you know, pick that route. Um, and so overtime elite is going to, I guess, recruit some of the best high school players in the country and then offer them this situation. The, the downside for me as a, as, a, as a coach and a parent would be once you do this, you forfeit your college eligibility. So if it doesn't work out with overtime elite, you can't go back right now under the current rules right. and, and play college basketball. And to me, I'd, I'd make sure that you really think before you act on this and it's something you really want to do. And, you know, 
families and, and, and you know, a circle of influence must think big picture versus short term. For some guys, this is absolutely the way I want to go. And for others that are unsure, I think you got to be really uh, due, due diligent with your questions and before you make a decision. I agree. I, 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 for, you know, overtime, overtime, uh, the is is a pretty darn good business, and they they're valued at a ton of money as a company, uh, and they, you know, all the YouTube hits they get and everything, it's phenomenal. But I think you're right; it's very short term for these players. Who they're going to? I think they're going to make a lot of money off of them. To be honest with you, I think the company is going to do great. I think the kids will be have a chance to get really shortchanged, unfortunately. It long, well, long you know, term, possibly. I, I, possibly. I don't think we'll actually know that for a while. Yeah, but um, you know, they are going to provide you know first class facilities, coaching. You mentioned Kevin Ollie. Resources are going to be there. Good, uh, because they have resources. Um, and if they do everything that was written, it could be a really good situation for some kids. Uh, but I think for the vast majority, uh, they're going to go to high school, whether it's the Montverds, the Oak Hills of the world, uh, charter schools, public schools, uh, independent schools. Uh, right now, I think it's going to take a while for that to heat up. And there's going to have to be some guys that go through it and become successful. Good call. Uh what what was your feeling about the G League? Uh, you know they had to put together really a made for TV event, uh, quasi bubble in Orlando, just to basically to show off th- these kids. You know that was the whole purpose of that whole event to see the night team. Uh, thoughts on the players that the NBA had signed to play there uh, that you evaluated. Yeah. Yeah, I like the G League. I mean, I don't think it really had a big identity before this. And I think it, they made a simple solution because no kid wanted to go to the G League uh, in the past because the money was so so low and sure. the resources and maybe the travel was not, you know, it was better at Montverde or Oak Hill, right. some of those schools. So, right. and, college, and we know college is a proven path. Uh, it has its drawbacks. We obviously know it has... You know, name, image, and likeness uh, coming to the forefront soon. Hopefully, where kids can get rewarded for their for their value. Um, but I like what the G League did. Uh, they upped the salaries. They made it attractive for the star player. Uh, they go out and evaluate and recruit the guys that they think will fit their model, and they offer them different financial packages. And then once they go into the G League, then yes, they. No, it's the Ignite team, so it's a different team. It's not part of the actual G League. Correct. Uh, they're they're on their own, and you know how it's set up. Uh, for the guys that really don't want to go to class, to put it frankly, um, they enjoy this. I, I've talked to a few guys. Um, you know, they like the setup. Now, I look at some guys that could have went to college, and uh, some of those colleges did pretty well this year. You look at Michigan with Jawan Howard. I mean, what a fabulous year he had. And UCLA with Mick Cronin, Isaiah Todd was going to Michigan, and Deshaun Nix was going to UCLA. Would those guys have enjoyed that situation better? Would they have developed as much, if not more? Who knows? Uh, Jalen Green was going to be a top five pick no matter where he went. And Jonathan Kaminga uh, I, I was going to be a long So I, I just think that guys have options now, and, and the G League put a lot of resources into it made it more attractive can you evaluate uh for our listeners those four players of 
you know, coming out of high school and what you project them down the line you know, with Jalen Green in them? I love Jalen Green. Uh, he's, he's got a body like Reggie Lewis, if you remember Reggie sure. from the uh, Boston Celtics and Northeastern Star way back in the late 80s. Long legs, super explosive. He's a scoring guard, and, and he's exceptionally athletic, Brendan, to finish, but he also makes the three-point shot. Uh, he has everything the NBA really wants in a two-guard, uh, and he's developed the mid-range game. And so that's why he's so coveted by the league. Uh, the NBA athletic ability is, is what the turn-on is with the skill. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga is just more of a 6'8", downhill, attacking guy. He just wants to keep going to the rim, keep beating you up, keep finishing inside. Uh, has developed a jump shot, rebounds, has that versatility in the small forward position. He's got a ways to go, though, with his outside game. And he's got to develop more of a feel. Uh, of understanding what a good shot is and playing better defense. And I, I think the same holds true for Jalen Green on the defensive end. Uh, but offensively, his physical measurables and his his uh, ability to finish is, is very, very attractive to the league. Uh, Deshaun Nix was a point guard who's going to play for Mick Cronin and uh, a strong physical point guard uh, coming out of high school. He was in our top 100. He was inside the top 30. And uh, I, I haven't seen much of him this year in the G League, uh, so I don't know his development, but he was a strong pass-first uh, point guard with, with a strong body. And Isaiah Todd was a really skilled power forward, uh, lean, long, average to good athlete, uh, but a guy who just had that, that power forward frame that you, you want to work with when you get him to an NBA franchise because you can change his body, make him even bigger and stronger. And I think Deshaun Nix and Todd are more on the you know second round draft boards right now, gotcha. where Kaminga and Green, a lottery picks in Green, wow. is going to be a top five pick from the people that I speak with. Good for them, though. Good for them, and uh, and and I think that, you know just like you know regular forget basketball players, regular human people, you know just you know college is not a path to success for you. You know, my dad never went to college, and he you know, had a right. great job for thirty years. You know. It's something for everyone is different, and and uh, and it doesn't mean if you go to college you're going to be successful. It, it, forget athlete or not, and so I, I'm glad that we were at least looking for uh, something that could be different. And I think it's exciting. What what are your plans coming up, and what do you predict for next year? Do we, what does our 22 class look like? Is it a good class for high school ball? Yeah, it is. I, I will tell you this. The class of 2020, the freshman class of college basketball, which will be the you know, upcoming draft here in 2021, I, I thought this freshman class was one of the best classes we've seen in a long time. Wow. Uh, you know, and we didn't get Jalen Green. We didn't get Jonathan Kaminga in the college game, and the college game was still fabulous. Yeah. Uh, it had Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State. It had uh, Jalen Suggs, obviously. So. I think the class, the freshman class right now in college basketball will provide a really exciting night on draft night. Uh, there's a lot of lottery picks uh, for this year's class. And then when you start looking at the, the freshman class in college basketball, I, I mentioned Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro. Those guys are the studs that are going to be in college basketball. And now the next class, the 2022, there's a guy at the top that you should really check out. His name is Amani Bates. You know, he, he was the best freshman, sophomore that I've seen in a long, long time, maybe since LeBron. 
wow. just in terms of athleticism, skill, and aggressiveness. And, and he's got a great feel for the game on offense. Now, his defense needs, like most young players, a lot of work. But when you talk about upside, it, it just it, he was off the charts. And so he's the number one player in the class of 2022, which is the rising senior class. And then Kevin Boyle has a stud down at Montverde named Jalen Duren. Think about Chris Weber. 6'9", 240, 250, great hands, excellent skill level with his back to the basket and facing up, and he's a terrific passing big man. You don't see that much anymore, no. uh, Brendan, the big man who can pass, not just facing up, but he passes with his back to the basket. He'll hit that, you know, the, they'll run that little split action, get a cutter, and he'll drop it off. Those are the top two guys in the class of 2022 and uh, in terms of seniors. And I like this class a lot in 2022. I love the guys in the top five. Uh, I think they're, they're really all studs coming into the high school game. And now they got the whole summer to develop, play at the Peach Jam, play on the Adidas circuit, play on the Under Armour circuit, go to some camps, and uh, hopefully we'll get out to see the, all these guys live this summer. Uh, that's exciting. I'm fired up now, buddy. You got me going now. So this is great, <laughs> you know, and, and I, and I, and I, you know, and, and these kids really, I love it because they're the future and I feel terrible for them that they had a tough year, the high school kids, you know, but, uh, a, a kid I know in California and San Diego, he's still playing his senior season and I love it, you know, that they had to start late, but I'm glad they're getting it in. So that, that's so neat that that's happening. But, uh, Paul, always your your knowledge, your insight is is the best. And so, as always, uh, our family coaching you, we thank you so much. And I know our listeners love it. We have so many great high school coaches around that you know deserve so much credit for what they do. And a lot of AAU coaches listen, and and they do a great job also. And so, I mean, it's such an important part of our path, our journey in basketball is these uh, this age group. And so, it's so neat. Thank you again for sharing, buddy. Thank you so much for having me, Brendan. And keep coaching the coaches. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Incredible knowledge from the master, Paul Biancardi. Uh, I am so excited, really, for the kids this summer to to get a chance to watch them play, to uh, evaluate them. Uh, we've always had some great, great opportunities for kids to be evaluated in the summer. And for many, many young people from all over the country, of you know every race and nationality and everything it's a place where you can earn a scholarship and and with college being so darn expensive now it's a big big deal so we have several thousand players playing this summer and i'm so glad that they're going to get a chance to be evaluated and get an opportunity for their get their college education again we'll see you next week with the coach brendan sir 